Our gospel lesson is going to come from Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 44. And I invite you to stand as you are able, in body or in spirit, for the reading of our gospel lesson. Matthew chapter 12, verses 38 through 44. As he taught, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and be greeted with respect in the marketplaces, and have the best seat in the synagogues and places of honor at the banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. They will receive greater condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had. All that she had to live on. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I mentioned last Sunday during our All Saints service how grief is an interesting thing and how sometimes a certain smell, a certain song, a certain something can trigger within you grief that you may not even see coming. How grief is often interconnected to the events of our life, and we can, we can experience in ways that we don't even, even see coming. I think that's a pretty common experience we all have with grief. And I mentioned how chicken and dumplings always makes me think of my granny. That's just, that was her favorite meal. It's what she always cooked. And every time I eat chicken and dumplings or smell chicken and dumplings, it makes me think of granny. Well, Holly called me after the sermon service rather than told me, well, you know, I was making chicken and dumplings this week. I'm like, no, I didn't know that. So we had chicken and dumplings. And so I've been thinking a lot of granny this week. My granny was something else. She was a dynamite in a very small package. She was little bitty, but boy, she was feisty. I mean, she was being nice. She was mean sometimes. I loved her. (laughs) She's great. Um, she, she, she was very, she was, she was something else. She was, um, in fact, her, her, the, uh, she was that woman who basically raised all the community. You know, everyone in our neck of the woods spent some time at Granny's house, whether you were kin to her or not. Um, she, was, uh, she was not very educated. I don't know that she ever finished high school. She was born in 1907, I believe it was. Um, she lived in a little bitty small house, never had central, central heating or air. She had a window unit in her kitchen. And had a wood stove in her in her living room that was basically her two sources of heat and air, and she was tough as nails. She never drove, never got a driver's license, so Mama took her anywhere um, anywhere she ever went. Except once a year, we'd send her to New Orleans. We'd take her down to Macomb to the Greyhound bus station, put her on a Greyhound bus. She'd take the Greyhound bus down to Macomb, down to New Orleans. Mate Margaret pick her up. She'd have her in New Orleans for a couple weeks. Then she'd take her to the Greyhound Station in New Orleans and send her back to Macomb. She, and we're like, Granny, that's, I'm, going to see your, I'm going to see Margaret, so y'all put take her to the Greyhound. Yes, ma'am. We learn with Granny quickly to say, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Whatever you say, yes, ma'am. She was, you know how every church has a little lady with peppermint in her purse? That was my Granny. She was a little old lady at Johnson Chapel with peppermint in her purse. But I'm telling you, it was a trap. Because <laughs> you go over there to get peppermint from her, and you sit by her, and then you start squirming, or you start talking, and she would pinch a plug out of your leg. 
You learned quickly. You didn't mess with Granny, and you sat in church like she wanted, or else you were going to be taken outside by either her or my mama. And whoever built Johnson Chapel must have had bad youngins, because right outside the church, right by the church, was a switch tree. And it was many a Sunday, I got marched outside either by my granny or by my mama and had to pick my own switch. And it was one of those switch trees where you did it like this, and the leaves came off. I mean, and she was like Indiana Jones with that thing. I mean, she'd, and she'd grab your leg and pull, and you behave. Story of my childhood right there, you know. DHS didn't have any discretion in Bogachetto, you know. It's not, it's not the way it worked in Bogachetto. So my granny was something else, though, but she loved her church. She loved her family. She loved her God. She was something else. When we read the story of the widow's might, it makes me think of my granny, which means I read it different than most. Because this is how we read that text. We see Jesus looking at the treasury, and we see this little old lady come up with her walking cane and so tired and so weak and she takes her last two coins and she puts them in the treasury and it's just a pathetic sight and you're like oh bless her heart oh those mean old people making that sweet little widow put her money in the offering oh bless her heart and bless their hearts that's how we see it don't we we see this as almost an exasperated thing of this weak little old woman being forced to put her money in the offering. That's not how I see it. I see my granny. And I see her saying, y'all better get out of my way because I got a job to do. How dare you tell me that I cannot play my part in church? How did the gall of you to tell me that I'm too poor or too weak to contribute to the people of God? How dare you think that? You better get out of my way, Pharisee, with your funny robe. <laughs> I got an offering to make to my, my God, and you better get out of my way because I'm going to do my duty. My granny had steel in her spine. And when I read this story, I do not read a weak, defeated widow barely making it to the offering. But I see a proud and strong woman with steel in her spine that's going to do her duty for the people of God and for God's kingdom. I don't read this as a poor little bless her heart. I read this as a, you better get out of her way. Because she's coming. And she's going to do her part for the kingdom of God. Why is that? Because she knows where her life is found. She knows that her life is not found in an abundance of possessions or an abundance of stuff, but that life is best understood and life is best lived by being faithful. Life is best understood and best lived out by living for something bigger than yourself. Life is best understood and life is best lived out when our circumstances do not determine our faithfulness, but our God determines our faithfulness. The widow is not a story of, oh, bless her heart. The widow's might is a story of strength and of courage and of faithfulness to a goal and a God bigger than yourself. The widow could give all that she had because she understood all that she had was not defined by her circumstance. 
that her wealth didn't come from anything earthly, but that her wealth came from the abundance and the glory and the goodness of God. She understood that she was God's one, one of God's own lambs. And no offering and no circumstance and no trial can keep you from being one of God's lambs. She knew where her life was found. And it wasn't in the abundance of possessions or the lack of possessions, but it was found in the abundance of God's all-amazing grace. One of my favorite verses in all the Bible is John 10.10. 10. The thief comes to rob, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. That's what Jesus Christ came to give us, was abundant life. And that is life only found in Jesus. All the devil wants to do is to rob, kill, and destroy. And the more he can get you focused on your stuff, the more he can get you focused on your circumstance, the more he can get you focused on the trivial things of life, the more he can rob, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, look up, believer. Look up. Lift up your eyes to the hills, from whence does your help come? Your help, it cometh in the name of the Lord. Look up. Focus on what matters. Focus on what is good. Focus on what is pure. Focus on what is holy. Focus on that which is life-giving. So often, we feel like we have no life. So often, we feel like we have no hope. So often, we feel like we have no circumstance because our eyes are not focused on that which is good. This widow could give an abundance. This widow could give completely. This widow could give wholly. This widow could stand up strong and do what's right because she knew where life is found. That life is found in the abundance of God's mercy, in the abundance of God's grace, in the abundance of God's life, not in our circumstance, good or bad. We are fast approaching Christmas. It's fixing to be Thanksgiving. You're thinking to yourself, oh man, I really got to hang out with them all day long. I know their family, but I don't even like them. Man, we got to get the house clean, and we got to travel. Oh man, and then we got we to gotta buy presents. I don't know what to get dad this year. What do you think we should get him? You think a gift card maybe? I don't know. What is he even like? What are we going to get our mom this year? They're so hard to shop for. I don't know. And then we got the stuff at church, and oh, we got the plays at school. Oh my gosh. When is that again? <laughs> when is that again? Oh, and the work party. It's just too much. I'm so. I am so ready for Christmas to be over. <laughs> the incarnation, the time we focus on the fact that God came down to earth to die for our sins, we're ready for that to be over? Come on, church. We have taken our eyes on the wrong thing. We are focusing on that which doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you buy for Christmas. They're not going to like you anyway. So don't worry about it. Go to Walmart and get them a gift card. Who cares? Because what matters isn't the gift card. What matters isn't the present. What matters isn't how good the turkey is. What matters is who you're with. What matters is who you're glorifying. What matters is where your life is found. And your life is not found in your stuff. 
Your life is not found in your business. Your life is not found in all these things. But your life must only be found in Jesus Christ. And if your life is found anywhere else but in Jesus, you're not going to be happy. No matter if they even get Christmas right, it's not going to matter. If your life is not found in Jesus, nothing's going to make you happy. Nothing. The widow could stand up straight and do her duty, not because she was wealthy or educated or had it figured out. The widow could do her duty because she knew where her life was found. And when you know where your life is found, when you know what your life is about, when you know why you live, then you are truly living. And then you have abundance. No matter what's in your banking account, no matter who's coming for Christmas, no matter how bad the sweater fits, you have abundance. So today in your life, are you living abundantly? Are you just going through the motions? Believer, you were not created to go through the motions. You were not made by an almighty God to just mark off time until you're done. But you were made to live. Only when our life is found in Christ do we truly live. The widow could do her duty, could do her part, could play her role. If you better not get in her way, she will run you over. Because she's going to do her job. She could do her job because she knew where her life was found. How about us? Where is our life found today? Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you for the example of the widow and her giving. God, we sometimes miss the, miss the folks on the wrong things. May we do our duty in the same way that she did hers. And may we live for something bold and beautiful. We love you. We ask it in Jesus' sweet and holy name. Amen. Our closing and invitation with him this morning will be hymn number 337. Only trust him. During this final song, the altar is open. Perhaps you've never made the decision to put your full faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today is a great day to accept him as Lord. Perhaps you'd like to learn more about how to join St. Matthew's. I'd love to talk to you about how you can become a member of our church. Perhaps you'd just like to pray. The altar is open, and you're welcome to come just pray this morning at Christ's altar. But this morning, no matter where you find yourself, the altar is open. Won't you come?